This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. And we have a full house here today. Not only are all three of us here, but we have a very, very special guest star joining us today. She is a composer, a performer, a teaching artist, ladies, gentlemen, everywhere and everyone in between. It's Alan Winter. How are you doing, Alan? Oh, hey. I'm so good. I'm so good. a chicken sandwich today, so I'm feeling full of chicken. There you go. That's a good day. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great day. So great to have you with us. I'm so happy to be here. Really, really stoked. Ellen, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about like the work that you do in the back half of the show. But just for anyone that is not familiar with your work, there's a ton of it. But just like if you wanted to toss out like one or two of the many things that you do, just so people know what your work is about, what would oh one of those gosh. two things be? Ugh, wow. Great question. Great way to great, great start. Uh, yeah, I actually, well, I met you lovely folks in the audio fiction sphere. Um, my collaborator, Chris Littler, and I co-wrote, directed, and composed 36 Questions, the podcast musical starring uh, Jonathan Groff and Jesse Shelton, produced by Two Up. Uh, which, which is, is still this... one of the best things that has come out in the audio fiction scene, I think. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Now. <laughs> the show that never closes and is always <laughs> opening, um, which uh, I joke with myself about. Uh, and um, yeah, and I also have I released uh, my debut album uh, in fall 2020, Every Feeling I've Ever Felt. And I'm currently cranking out a uh, number two uh, uh, album number two. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. 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 And uh, that release date was uh, one more time. I'm sorry for number oh, two. Oh, uh, the release date is. <laughs> oh, excellent. I'm going to put it in my calendar. All right. Marking our calendar. calendars. Yes. <laughs> March October 13th. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. My favorite day of the year. <laughs> well, Ellen, thank you so much for being here um, and for being brave enough to dive into some bad ideas with us. Zach, um, do you want to. Tell the folks at home what the show's about and take us away with our first bad idea. Do I ever. For the uninitiated or those with memory issues, uh, this is the show where we take the worst ideas that we can possibly find on the internet in the form of news stories, and we pitch them at one another like laser cannons and uh, force them (laughs) to uh, uh, spin them into a yarn that is maybe softer than the roughness of its original form, making it into a a film, uh, a novel series, uh, whatever floats our boat and works for that particular idea. And I am delighted once again to invite you all Mm -hmm. into the pit. Reddit, although a new subreddit, r slash advice. Are you ready, folks? Oh, wow. Okay, hit us. Okay. Oof. 
I just, it's all in a title or a, a, a headline. How can I get my boyfriend to stop digging his tunnel? <laughs> I, I assume that isn't a metaphor. So, like, continues the post. <laughs> I know this is a weird question, but my boyfriend likes to spend a lot of his free time digging a tunnel on some property that he inherited. I haven't seen the full extent of it, but last I saw it, it was remarkably deep under the surface. He spent roughly a year on it, and it's evident. The front of this thing is deep, wide, well put together. At the front, which is the only part that I've seen, he's got cement beams, electric lights, even chairs and a small table. I haven't gone into it, but it looked like the quality severely dropped as the tunnel went further, oh, mostly no. becoming oh, no. open dirt with some wood beams holding it up. <laughs> but my biggest concern is his safety. I'm really worried okay. that he's going to dig too deep and that it'll collapse on him or something. <laughs> I've tried voicing this concern to him, but he just laughs it off and assures me that he'll be fine. Aside from safety concerns, there's also the fact that he doesn't really have a social life because of this thing. <laughs> I'm pretty much oh, the no. only person he still talks to outside of his job, and he doesn't go out and do anything anymore. It used to be that he'd wow. occasionally head out and do some digging on the weekends, but now he spends <laughs> almost all of his free time out there. He still comes home, but he barely spends any time with me. And I know that he isn't doing anything but digging that damn hole in the ground. <laughs> this can't be good for his mental health. I'm so sorry I'm laughing. I really shouldn't be laughing. Um, but oh. I, I don't know how real. to convince him to thing. stop. He's, really, he's always really happy when he comes back from digging, which is why I haven't seriously tried to stop him before. But I was talking to a friend about him, and she told me that he might be going crazy. Oof. Obviously, I don't think he's insane, but I hadn't considered the mental health aspect of this, and I just don't know what to do. TLDR, boyfriend spends all of his time digging a tunnel, and I'm worried for both his physical and mental health. I laugh because this feels a little bit like me. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I have to, I have to uh, like, aren't like, we all digging our tunnels? Like, this is true. Yeah, and like I think that we've all had those things where like we were digging that tunnel at, in, during the weekend occasionally, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, we were there like every day. Yeah, um, I mean we're all freelance artists, right? So this yeah. is yes, yes. like <laughs> which I think is why like I'm like fifty percent like let the man dig in peace, and fifty percent like make sure the man is okay. And then the let him dig in peace. Dig in peace with maybe uh, an insurance policy, a contractor for help, and a therapist on the side. Why not? Oh, you know, we can have it Just all. And we can also have 10 minutes on a timer, folks. I'm so yeah. excited to see uh. what you make of this. I mean, it is kind of like pre-wrapped as an A24 movie. <laughs> I was just about to say, this is an Ari Aster horror, right? Yeah, like, no, this no, is yeah. 100%. Definitely Midsommar meets Hereditary vibes for sure. A little bit of the witch in there. But it's yeah. like those two combined with, um, what was that movie about the Spelunkers? Um, the Descent. Oh, 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 The Descent. Oh, The Descent. Oh, yeah. And a little bit of Judd Apatow, maybe, I'm sensing. A little bit. Just like in the like imagining this like person in like a white t 
tea kind of covered in tunnel dirt. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm imagining those like the chairs at the front being those kind of like flimsy plastic, like, Mm -hmm. you know, outside chairs that like probably has some cracks and holes in it. I don't know. There seems like a mumblecore aspect to this horror film as well. Totally, totally. The gritty reboot of holes that we have not been waiting for. (laughs) The weird thing when I was reading it at first was like, wait, I know this YouTuber. Like there's this guy named Colin something or other who does like DIY maker stuff. And he's basically Uh dug a massive bomb-proof shelter and like keeps growing it underneath his his house. Um, But by the time I got to the end, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a different person. And this may be Mm -hmm. cause for concern. I I am fascinated by the detail that he inherited this place where he's digging. Because Uh, it's cursed. Yes, a thousand percent. Is there treasure? <laughs> right. Well, also a tunnel is different than a hole, right? There's right. a mm-hmm. there's a presumption that there is another side on the other end of this that he's mm-hmm. there is an right. end to the tunnel. There is like a purpose and a directionality to it, yes. at least in theory. Right. Right. If it's cursed and inherited, is someone like telling him to dig the tunnel? Is there like a force were there like him? instructions that he was give like also how did he inherit it like did someone right is this a condition yes yes <laughs> yes is yeah. it like like if this is a if this is an A24 horror movie right is it like was the tunnel partially dug when he inherited the land and he's like picking up mm-hmm. this like mm-hmm. kind of i don't know legacy of of digging <laughs> yeah okay Taking a step back from those very good questions for a moment, <laughs> is the perspective from the significant other who is seeing this from afar and then very up close, or is the perspective from the digger? Or is it from the tunnel? No, no, no. <laughs> That's not A24 material. It's like rubber. Did you- yeah. Oh, yeah. From the- yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, what, rubber? I, I don't oh, know. Zach. It's it's a movie. We can talk about it later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Important. Well, the back half. <laughs> uh, quick, back. quick, quick take for anyone that has not seen it. It's a movie largely told from the perspective of a tire. Um, oh, God. And that's pretty much. I see. And we can yeah. talk more about it later. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Incredible score. It's true. Yeah. I feel like I feel like your instinct of the perspective from the girlfriend, like the significant other. Uh, I just presumed it was the girlfriend, which is uh, I'll flag that for myself. Uh, yeah. Like, like, so that the audience has like, you know, our surrogate that we're kind of viewing it from the perspective of, right? Mm-hmm. That's the real horror is like seeing who this person was before the tunnel and who they turn into as the tunnel <laughs> consumes them. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like, I think that like as a horror movie, it's like a little bit of a slow burn because like, you know, you start it and it's all like a little bit like, oh, it's like a quirky, weird romance. These two guys. Oh, it's a little bit odd. He's digging a tunnel. OK, yes. whatever. OK, he's a little like invested in it. And then like one time, like she goes into the tunnel and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, OK, no, this is some this is not what I thought it was. Right, right. And like it totally opens with like, uh, I feel like it's like that trope of like, oh, you just inherited this, this new property. Like, oh my gosh, we can finally like start our lives together. Like, this is so (laughs) exciting. Like, you know, they're like, there's like the montage of them like moving in and like all of this stuff. Uh, Oh yeah. And then I wonder if there is like a house on the property or if they live somewhere separate. It seems like the detail, I don't know. I don't get bogged down by the details because it's an adaptation, right? So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, 
I kind of like the idea of they maybe move into this property. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because then if the man is digging not from, say, like a point outside the house, but mm-hmm. say from like the house's cellar, like sort of <gasps> something that is like connected to the house and he's been needing to like move the dirt out of there. You can have that sequence where the significant other, like, you know, all of a sudden like turns around and opens like a cupboard in the house and like dirt just spills mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, okay, this is weird. And then they like, you know, go to like the fridge and open it and like dirt pours out. And they're like a little bit like freaked out now, but they're like, all right, I'll just like pour myself a nice cup of coffee and everything will be better. And then, you know, out of the coffee cup, only more dirt comes out. And that's like really one of those early moments of like, okay, no, we're now into like the shining. Like this person has now like been consumed by the spirit of digging. My gosh. Yeah. And does the like, cause the basement... I was supposed to be like, basements are underground, right? And they are. (laughs) Basements are underground. You could fully have like the wall, like, like a fake wall or like she goes like, yeah, she like goes down into the basement to like get something. And he's like, no, honey, don't go down there. And like, you know, and then it's like, what is this? And it's like this whole, like this massive, like, just like, like deafening like blacker than like the recesses of space stranger things esque mm-hmm. like tunnel with Infra-black, like a seemingly yeah. infinite series of those like creepy like hanging mining lights that yep. they're going back and forth swaying some insane, for some reason yes, swaying yep. for some reason for some reason even though they're <laughs> underground there's no and there's that like sound effect that I feel like um, Johan Johansson like would use a lot. There's just like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah, like it's just like yeah. the deepest, subbiest thing that you're like not sure if you're really hearing it, but it mm-hmm. is there. Yeah. Um, I think that for all of this to kind of hang together, part of the fiction needs to be that the person that inherits the house and eventually becomes the digger, they have to be like some kind of visual artist or some installation artist and extremely private sort of this like honey like i'll show it to you but like when it's ready Mm. like i'll let you see it but like you know like you know how i get when like people see my shit in progress um and so then when they like get this they inherit this place it's like oh my god honey it's perfect a basement and like that's a space that can be like entirely your own um and so for a long time it's just kind of like well you know I hear like weird sounds and then like I get up here and he's like covered in dirt, but like, I'm not going to ask too many questions. Like, you know, like some of his art is like weird and quirky. Like, okay, he's working on something. And then it's like, oh boy, he was working on something. And he is Adam Driver, right? Oh God, he really is. (laughs) The role he was born to play. (laughs) Just making sure. It is a little bit like playing Adam Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Adam it Driver is a little bit himself. like <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of like Adam Driver minus all the unnecessary bits. Like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like pure <laughs> distilled Driver. I mean, it writes oh, itself. No. Adam in the hole. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, oh, it's kind of hot that you're covered in dirt, but also there's something behind your eyes that is a little unsettling. <laughs> you're that not blinking me... as much as you <laughs> used to. Yeah. And the fact that I'm noticing means that you're not blinking much, period. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, Do um where does it escalate to? Like, does it go to like a weird like shape of water place where he's like discovered like some kind of underground creature in this tunnel? That's what I was gonna 
you know, I feel like we have to escalate from, mm-hmm. you know, the tunnel just being this endless void of blackness. Like they, there has to be some danger there or the tunnel has to like pop them up into places that are, are dangerous or something like that. Right. Or it, like, it becomes like a murder hole because everybody that gets sent in after him to stop him just never comes out. Uh, <laughs> or do you come out different every time you go into the tunnel? Is it like mm. some weird, like interdimensional, like right thing where mm. once you cross a certain threshold, it like <laughs> it's like like, do you come out the other side in the same basement? But it's like, I like, but it's I a like a different, it's a different universe. Like, yeah. sli- like you're, it's, you know, you're going into a slightly different multiverse where you're still own the house and um, have yeah. that basement. But like, right. it's, it's for, it's universe 39B Adam Driver as opposed right. to universe right. 39A. Is, either, either way. And like, I think that's going to like a really cool, like Coraline place, like sort of like <laughs> other mother kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But either way, I think that like the ultimate revelation is that like, yes, it was a tunnel and the point was never for us to go somewhere. It was for a thing to get out. Like it was <gasps> yeah, for like right. whatever he's been like unknowingly tunneling to. Like oh my that like God. the point of this tunnel is for that to emerge and be free. Right. And on that note, Maybe, that's yeah. time. But holy oh. shit, oh, do I want to know where this goes? <laughs> what creature is in universe 39B? Like what is know. the <laughs> so spooky? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Well. Yeah, I think, I, I, honestly, I think we just need to get in touch with Adam Driver. Yeah. Like, I think that yeah. he'll be on board, and, like, once we have that, like, it'll be a cinch to secure funding, and, like, I think we can really make this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to have to remember to get that IMDb premium account so we can harass his management and uh, reps <laughs> and get him on board. But in the meantime, Gabrielle, I believe you had the second idea for us today. Is that right? Oh, Yes. And it sometimes happens, you know, like, I think we've talked about it on this show about, like, how since we've been doing No Bad Ideas, occasionally people will be like, hey, I saw this article and I think mm-hmm. that, like, this would be, like, a really good, like, No Bad Ideas thing. That's um, cool. This article, like, nine different people sent <laughs> me, <laughs> not for No Bad Ideas, but a little bit because it puts me on blast. Um <laughs> And I am bringing it here because I think that it will mildly put us all on blast. Good, good. Um, And there will be, I assure you, there will be some people out there who will hear this and be like, I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm here to tell you what is described here. This horror is a bad idea. Like, I just want to say that up front. So, um, dear listeners, there will be a link in the episode description if you would like to read along this article from Sprudge.com. I've never heard of Sprudge.com before, but they do quality reporting. The headline reads, Tokyo's Manuscript Writing Cafe forces you to meet Mm -hmm. your deadline. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I I was also sent this uh, Is this like the squid game of deadline? No, it's worse. Um, The article itself reads, Genius, it is said, is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. And writing, a form of genius, or so writers would have you believe, is 1% putting words to paper and 99% procrastinating and fretting about putting words to paper. It's a clunkier and more verbose corollary, sure. But what do you expect from a writer? Coffee shops with their caffeine, Wi-Fi, and generally lax rules about loitering, have long been the venue for beleaguered writers caught in the battle between perspiration and procrastination. 
And now, one cafe in Japan has picked a side. The manuscript writing cafe in Tokyo only admits writers with a deadline to meet and won't let them leave until they've met it. Oh my God. As reported by Grape, the manuscript writing cafe can be found inside the photography studio Kenji Triangle. In order to be allowed into the cafe, you have to be a writer and you must have a piece in need of completion. According to the proprietor, this is in order to maintain a level of focus and tense atmosphere at the cafe. Paying by the hour, writers who make it inside check in with the reception desk and tell them how many words they need to write and by what time. A cafe manager will then keep them on task with hourly check-ins to see how things are progressing. Wow. Patrons are even able to select if these check-ins are more mild or more aggressive. No matter how mild they are, this is my idea of hell. (laughs) And if the pressure of a watchful eye wasn't motivation enough, the manuscript writing cafe won't let you leave until you have completed your task. You are literally trapped in a prison of your own procrastination. Wow. Which... Frankly, isn't really that much different than writing to begin with, only now you are paying by the hour for it. The Manuscript Writing Cafe isn't specifically for those creating new words either. It admits anyone doing translation work, layout work, image processing, among other non-literary endeavors. It's a novel take on the time-honored writing tactic of locking oneself in a room with the intent of not leaving until progress has been made. But it neglects the great lengths writers will go through to not be productive. (laughs) Something of a writer myself, I'd rather die penniless from by-the-hour fees, over-caffeinated, and looking like Christian Bale in The Machinist, than even (laughs) consider doing the thing my vocation requires of me that would, in truth, only take a half hour to complete if I just put my mind to it. Mm -mm. I can do it tomorrow. Wow. Good job, article writer. Good job. I know, I know. That was a a good one. Uh, Well, well done, Sprudge.com, for that article. Truly. So what? yes, so a place you go in, you don't come out until you have finished your writing. How shall we tackle this bad idea with 10 minutes? Do you, do you have a clock, clock running? So Tom Hanks has never left. Well, see, this, is, this, is my, this is my thing about this because writers are boring and we don't need to make movies about them. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious about the staff at this cafe. Like, are they not allowed yes. to leave until someone leaves? Or are they the people? Are they the people that have failed? Have made those observations of like, are the poor staff trapped there with you if you're not done? And like, at a certain point, they're just like staring at you, like, "Come on, man! I had my daughter's birthday party tonight, but I can't leave until you're done with your like stupid article." I like to think they have that solved by just being a very successful business with all these failed writers um, (laughs) that they just like have 24 hour staff and they just staff it like any normal 24 hour facility. Fair. Although there's also the possibility that those who fail at writing succeed at running this joint. Um, ah, like, right. like, like if you, from, if you uh, run out of money right. to like pay your time, right. you, you don't work for dishes. There. You have right. to be yeah, you have yeah. to like. I'm imagining the staff? like a Miyazaki bathhouse where like yes, you're just like a yes. damned spirit who now like runs the, the the faucet because you could never leave. Yeah, is this actually like a Miyazaki animated film, like kind of spirited away esque of like this like kind of weird liminal? I'm going into liminal multiverse again. Okay. No, is I mean, it like right. yeah. <laughs> is it like we yeah, knew who we were hiring this... as a guest spot on the show? <laughs> I mean, this does feel like a Satoshi Kon movie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's just 
Yeah, like it's it's also like a little Groundhog Day-esque maybe, mm-hmm. like with the deadline-ness mm-hmm. of it and like maybe perpetually not meeting deadlines or like, and like who is the, and I, and I guess this is why I thought of Squid Game and now I'm also thinking of Saw of the like, sure. is does it like open at a certain hour and there's like a flood of people who come in and then that's like the people you're trapped with and you all, and you have like hours on the clock or something, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but like if this is from the perspective of the people that work there and it's kind of like based on this premise of like you are trapped in horrible indentured servitude until you can help these writers finish their work. Um, That is it doesn't sound like a horrible suspense movie, but that is like the fucking hardest job in the world that I can think of. (laughs) And it would be a terribly suspenseful situation to be in. (laughs) Yes, if it. If it is if it is animated for some reason, I'd like to imagine that there's perhaps a, a chance bit of whimsy involved in of this. Of course, uh, in this like different strategies of writing scenario, or like what are the what are the treats being served? Like, does it mm-hmm. start very optimistic and like? Because there was a moment in the article where you were like, "Oh, somebody like comes over to check on you every yes. hour," and I was like, "Oh my god, that's." tender that's like sweet (laughs) i would like and 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 there is like the version of that where it is kind of you know like um lumiere comes over and is like madame how are you doing what can i bring you can like you know like any treats from the kitchen fantastic i'll be back in like an hour and then there's the version of it that is like a very very stern yeah exactly like you know someone like very very stern will come and look over your shoulder and softly tut tut and they like walk away and you feel like you are half an inch tall (laughs) right right do you take a survey like do 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 people take a survey when they come in about like what kind of management style works best for them or like i think it's worse like i would like to be punished or yeah or it gets worse the longer that you're there that's i think you unlock your credit freeze and they scan your social media. They do like a full on like renter's background check and wow. tailor make oh their God. services to you. Oh no, they're like, we saw that post you liked on Instagram and this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I, and I like the consequences love. getting more severe the longer it goes. Um, mm-hmm. It's a hot bath. It, yeah, just, <laughs> oh Jesus. The tea is always served like just too hot, like it's too hot to drink, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they put it on one of those drink warmers so that it stays <laughs> at like a really uncomfortable temperature. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 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 Right. Like, I don't remember what writer it was that they were like, the way that I write is that like I go to a like kind of horrible hotel room and like yeah. check in and I can't leave. Um, and they sort of made a point about like, but it can't be a nice hotel room because if it's a nice hotel room, you kind of start to luxuriate. You're like putting on the fluffy bathrobes and taking like the nice, relaxing, warm bath. And I think that there needs to be some amount of like, it can maybe start off whimsical for a second, but then like uh-huh. very quickly, it just gets to this place of like, no, we need you gone. Like we need yeah. you to like want to get out of here. <laughs> we want you to want to leave. Right. Yeah. Like there's yeah. like so that you meet your deadline. Yeah, exactly. It's just and so I, fu- Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no you go. <laughs> I was just I was just going to say this is so this is so the opposite of how <laughs> I feel like I, I treat myself when I'm under deadline, which is like I feel like the thing I tried to actually be hard on myself about is relaxing because mm-hmm. I won't do it. And then I'm like, I haven't eaten in X amount of hours. And why is all of this horrible? So like. The idea of somebody like checking in every hour and like 
maybe also coming over with food as like a perhaps reward system or mm-hmm. maybe a sweet treat or like I wonder if there is, is it a bathhouse situation what is it like they shoot horses don't they where there's like uh-huh. cots in the corner yeah, and yeah. like people are like getting naps like what this I, could I, be I, something that um that the the story builds on like the cafe yeah. could could sort of start being very harsh and someone joins the staff and is like this is not actually the way to do this Mm. Um, oh okay and and like who is who is that person i was gonna ask like who's our protagonist here because we have three and a half minutes left <laughs> okay um like i feel like we've, like we've all just employee. been a little bit reeling at like the concept itself <laughs> i like i like this being told from like the new employee perspective i like yeah. that trope um but like who the who the person is yeah maybe uh, and i don't know if they need to have like a relationship to the management at the cafe but maybe they can be like related to a writer or to an artist in some way um and sort of have a perspective that the rest of the staff doesn't have like someone that is in so deep with like their bill that like they have to kind of like have an outside person come and work at the cafe to help them to pay off the debts to like oh, that's, make it even possible. That's not this. where I was going with this, but I love that. So I want to bring yeah. together some ideas. So, so there's been floated that it shouldn't be about writers because nothing should be about writers. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'm thinking maybe um, uh, like there's this sort of mythical music producer out there who has this like, you know, like fantastic studio somewhere in the woods and has basically invited a bunch of people to like show up and the, uh-huh. they can't leave until they've recorded their first album. Okay. And like the, right. Like, and, and then there's also the like call for help staff. Um, and like, you know, or it's just been going on for a while. Right. And, and it's just this like horrible abusive thing that people like throw themselves at because they think it'll save their lives. And then one day, like a plucky young person like you know kind of stumbles into you know i don't know the kitchen or something and ends up like being the seed that like turns a new leaf um at the mm-hmm. at the joint see if it's something if it's something like that and i quite like those adjustments zach but then yeah. like you know i want whoever they need to be whoever they need to help to like complete like their initial project i want it to be like fucking fleetwood mac making rumors like these people, like, you know, sort of like a band mm-hmm. and they're so at each other's throat and they have so many issues uh-huh. that like it's one of these like, no, 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 no. These people are not ready to even begin like, you know, working together as like a musical team. Like first, we kind of need to like untangle all of the like relationship bullshit that they're like going through mm-hmm. um, so that there is kind of also this element of like you need to have this emotional coefficient of kind of like engaging with the artists as you try to help them. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. This can be it can be like a young like a bunch of producers have been sort of thrown into this fire to try and get this band to work and they all fail. And so this is like young producers first last shot at it. And uh-huh. so they, they they go about it in um an unconventional way, uh, which is that you need to take care of people in order for them to make art wild. That sounds I fake imagine, to me, but sure. I imagine Kiersey Clemens who I just Ooh, think is so totally. cool. Yeah. Just like coming in, just being like, y'all are doing this all wrong. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> let me, let me, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> but like, but like in a very like optimistic kind of way. And Absolutely. also like potentially maybe 
uh, looking at the theme of like, you don't have to suffer for great art. Like maybe mm-hmm. you can get your nails done. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Do a face mask. Amazing. <laughs> that is, I cannot think of a better note to end on. I'm excited for, for the spa montage. <laughs> yeah, the spa montage for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I loved how far that went to a Miyazaki style animated cabin in the woods mythical music production studio um <laughs> i think that's amazing well done everyone my gosh seriously wow so oh, fun so good <laughs> all righty we're gonna take a second to get um some more coffee from this staff that really is very uh, determined to get us done with this episode no matter <laughs> um but after we do that, we're, uh, we're going to leave you with some quick messages while we do that. And afterwards, we're going to be back with our special guest star, Ellen Winter. Stay tuned. Hello there, Zach Valenti jumping into this episode with this brief reminder that we have an active Patreon page to support the production of No Bad Ideas and all the other crazy worlds we're building behind the scenes. To check that out, scope the sweet rewards we offer for monthly subscriptions as well as how to sign up yourself. Head on over to nobadideaspodcast.com support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. If you already support the show, we so appreciate that. And regardless, thank you for listening. All right, let's get back to more No Bad Ideas. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. We are here with special guest star Ellen Winter, who who apparently wants to give us a dose of our own medicine. Um, <laughs> apparently, she's brought a, 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 a fast, like a mini bad idea for us to reckon with. Um, Ellen, you want to you want to take it away? Oh, my gosh. I would be I'd be so humbled and honored. Uh, so I, I went on a little um, Internet site called craigslist sure and oh i went into the missed connections uh, oh category here uh-huh. so uh it's this is a brief it's just a sweet little snack uh but i was uh-huh. like this is this is something maybe so the title is you hit me with your bike downtown brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> You hit me with your bike on Fulton Street, right in front of the bus stop. I thought you were cute and wish we exchanged numbers. Reply if you feel the same. This is like a Florence and the Machine song. Like, you know. <laughs> a little bit. Um, right? Okay, okay. But it is, it is, um, 
I was attracted to you. It is not you hit me with your bike and I demand satisfaction. Meet me at dawn. I mean, <laughs> me at dawn, this is, right? Uh, <laughs> the most creative you got served. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, there you go. That's it. Oh, wait, should I set a timer for like five minutes? Do we want to do a sure, mini? Sure, go for it. Sure. Set a, okay, let's, let's, let's set a timer for five minutes and let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> okay, um, I did it. I did it. Because that's some diabolical reverse psychology, Zach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how you get them. <laughs> Yeah, it's Catch like, the way we, the way we're so cute, but like, psych! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome! <laughs> so it is another horror movie, actually. Yeah. Oh, so no. we revive the, uh, oh, fuck, you mentioned the franchise earlier, Saw, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, yeah, Saw, the retribution <laughs> of the bike accident. Turns but like, out, like, I'm impressed by the amount of, like, surveillance that would be required by this. Right. So just kind of knowing, like... Yeah. Okay, like this guy, you know, like he's a biker. He's around the city. He's very reckless. Mm -hmm. I've seen him like clip three people and he just like fucking blows past them. But we've also been studying his internet habits and we know that he like obsessively checks the Reddit board for misconnections. (laughs) And so then it's like, got him. Oh my gosh. This person is just like a serial like bike crasher is just like running into people with with their bike. You hit me with your bike. I love that there's like there's like no genders or anything revealed on this no. too. And I also in my mind I read this I know that it says you hit me with your bike, but in my mind I imagined like a car hitting a bike. Yeah. And now it's like did this bike run into a car or like into a physical person? <laughs> Which is like no, and like, like yeah. and it's very different things. Yeah. yeah, and it's very like specifically worded in a certain way because it isn't like hey, like you grazed me or you ran over my foot or something. It's like you hit me, which, yeah, implies like you plowed into me head first. (laughs) Which is why I think I envisioned a car. I was like, because I don't know that you write that message if, but I guess maybe they're really hot. I don't know. Or maybe this person is in the hospital on painkillers after getting Mm -hmm. hit with this bike is propped (laughs) up and they're like, you know what? He was like really cute. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I kind of like it if it's a person in a car. That's like a scene out of like a Charlie Kaufman movie. Totally. Or like, you know, yeah. like Nicolas Cage is driving around just being like, how am I going to finish the screenplay? Like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, boom. And they're like, what the fuck was that? They see a person like sail over their like cars, like engine and land, dust themselves off, pick up the bicycle and then like drive away without like even staring at them. And oh they're gosh. just like, who the shit was that? How do I bottle that confidence? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am imagining now Nick Cage and Kate Blanchett for some reason. Yes. Oh my Blanchett God. being the biker, like wow. fully running into Nick Cage's Prius um, on Fulton have, Street. Incredible. Have they ever had to reckon with one another? Have they I don't think so. Put I don't think so. Wow. I don't think oh so. Oh my God, Hollywood. Like, you got to make it happen before they leave us. Like, come on. Like, holy yeah. shit, that would be, yeah, no, I like now, now that you said that, I can't unsee it. And there's something like particularly about Kate Blanchett, just like maybe it's the the incredible like sharpness of her cheekbones, but like she, she, she could pull that off of just like run into you, a normal mortal would be laid out, but she just yeah. <laughs> keeps on going. Right. She's just like, she's like, where is she going? Like, where is she going on her bike, too? That it's like, right. She runs into Nicolas Cage's car and doesn't even and doesn't even think about it. Like, I wonder what she's in 
what if she's like in a rush for somewhere yeah where is, mm. where is the destination she might be like a bike messenger or like someone that just like bikes all over the city um i also <laughs> i do however like like the moment the thought process of like nicholas cage in that moment where it's just kind of like he's sitting in his car and then like you know boom person like flies out of the bike and they're like holy right. shit did i just kill someone and then it's like no I am completely stationary. My car is like parked. Like, did somebody, what, what just happened? And then like, you know, they get up and it's like, oh, they're fine. What, what, what is going on here? Right. They're fine. And also they're cute. And also fine. Also fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then the the impetus to to like be like, hmm, oh well, I guess I'll post on Craigslist and hoping that I mean if Kate Blanchett is a bike messenger and maybe right. she's living that gig economy life, you there's know? totally yeah. a world. I, and uh, I think sorry to interrupt. I I think we have to to get there, right? Like it's like they spend like weeks standing on that block, just like, you know, just like paying Scoping people. It like, out. Right. They like hire a private investigator who's just like, I can't take your money in good conscience anymore. Like this is not going to work. <laughs> and they like, they get to this point where they're just like yes. at the end of their rope and their friends like, you should post on Craigslist. And Craigslist. Like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I want to throw in the detail of the reason why they were feeling so like down on their dumps as they were sitting in their car. We've got 30 is- seconds. Oh, okay. Really quickly. The reason why they were so down on their dumps is that they just had like a meeting with their editor about their latest script and their editor like hated one of the characters. They were like, this kind of like quirky, larger than life person doesn't exist. Like you need to get rid of them. And he's like, no, but I love them. They're like, get rid of them unless you can find me someone like this in real life. I'm not going to like produce the movie with this character in them. And they're just like, how I'm like, you know, God, how am I going to rewrite this? And it's like, boom, a glimpse of that real life person. And then they're off. And he's just like, no, wait, come back. I need you for like four different reasons. <laughs> my muse, my bike muse. Yeah. And <laughs> that, that, that is the title this, of the movie. The title, it is, it is just yeah. called Bike Muse. <laughs> oh, my by gosh. Charlie Kaufman. Wow. <laughs> Oh, thank y'all so much. That was delightful. No, that was thank amazing. You. Great idea. Uh, so simple, so sweet. It so does have like sweet. a strong, like sort of like Hemingway, baby shoes, like never worn type energy of just yeah. kind of like, it's so small, but it like suggests such a multitude of possibilities and ideas right. within just like itself. And it's so dramatic. Such a moment. Such a, like a captured. Yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. and also like, something i love about <laughs> roads everyone's going somewhere you yeah, know sure. everybody's got an objective already they're a little bit like a tunnel in that right? way it's a little... <laughs> roads are like oh, like an wow. open tunnel they're like one day you're tunnels. getting hit by a bike and the next thing you know you're watching a descent into madness <laughs> uh you reveal that everyone in the movie has been played by adam driver <laughs> I'm imagining like Adam Driver slow mo, like dressed as Kate Blanchett, like on a bike with like wistful long, like golden locks. Right, right, right. Like they like took like they went to excruciating lengths lengths to like shoot every shot twice. One once with the like hallucinated actors, and then once with Adam Driver playing everyone. Yes. Oh my god! Amazing. Wow. We're wow. going to get arrested one of these days. <laughs> well, Ellen, you know, 
now that we've sort of now that we've done two bad ideas and then sort of this like little mini dessert of a bad idea, uh, this is a little bit of a window into kind of like how we do sort of our creative, I guess you could call it like a workout. Like, you know, we've always sort of talked about this show in many ways as like, you know, we produced one show for four years and then we've kind of in that remaining time since that, We've sort of spent a lot of time trying to get shows produced and trying to get shows made. And we've been able to get a couple of them made along the way. Yeah. But there's kind of has been a lot of like, you know, we're going to spend time trying to spend the time trying to get the time to produce something, hopefully. And this has been kind of like a way for us to feel like we're still engaging with each other creatively. Like we're kind of like getting to work with people. Like we're getting to kind of like tell ideas. How Do you kind of work at that sort of like incorporating art into your like day-to-day life? Is it sort of something that like spreads out over a lot of what you do? Is it sort of something that like comes in like short contained bursts? Kind of like how do you interface with like that aspect of your life? Wow, such a cool question. I feel like this, you know what, this kind of session that we're in right now reminds me of like a jam session, like Mm. when like getting together like I feel like the equivalent of this is like getting together with my band and like just playing for the sake of playing music I I think that there's a lot of different which unfortunately I will say because of COVID I really haven't gotten to do a lot of (laughs) lately um so I would say like you know in the collaborative sense yeah the equivalent or like how I like to engage is having those being physically in the space with other musicians and just kind of like playing for the sake of playing like I think play is just like such a crucial part of the creative process and it's at least how I motivate myself to continue working because having fun is important to me (laughs) (laughs) you know Um, for the longest for the longest time we were very adamant about like no bad ideas is a show that can only happen with the three of us in person like we all need to like be together in the same room or like we can't do this show and then the pandemic tapped us on the shoulder and kind of went please move over i'm turning everything upside down but no like i really really feel that metaphor of kind of like that like jam session and sort of that like being able to like share in people's energy and share in people's wavelength yeah i mean what's also like kind of tragic is i i think chris and i because chris lives in connecticut and and we're collaborators on on many different projects and Mm. Right before the pandemic, we were both in New York and we were like, you know, we'd been really struggling in that kind of um, fun uncertainty, certain phase, right, of like pitching, developing stuff. And we were like, you know, it was when you're doing stuff remotely, it's really easy, I think, to have all of your interactions with your collaborators just be like uh, productive meetings, right? They're Like everything has a goal. Everything has an intention. There's like an agenda. And you kind of lose the like water cooler aspect of collaboration and like those jam sessions so uh chris was in new york in person and we were we were at a bar uh getting a drink and eating some food and we were like you know what we're gonna commit to like from now on when we're like collaborating together we're gonna make sure to do it in person and then literally a month later the pandemic (laughs) hit and we were like wow okay we're gonna now we have to figure out 
Now it's like, okay, we're going to leave buffer and like at the end of our work calls to just like Mm -hmm. hang out and catch up or like we'll put some like game nights on the calendar or like I will go visit in Lakeville and then I'm like there for a stint and we know when our working hours are and when our hanging hours are so that we can kind of like have that like, you know, because it's like in 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 this world of freelance artistry, I think like we're really lucky to get to choose who we work with. And more often than not, we're choosing to work with people that we enjoy the company of. So like, yeah, those kind of like jam sessions outside of creativity is like, which is just, I think, friends hanging out is also important (laughs) to the creative process, (laughs) I find. Um, But I also work a lot by myself uh, in in music production. So I also try to give myself uh, playtime, which is like maybe just putting on some lo-fi hip hop and like improvising on the piano for fun (laughs) i listen to a lot of lo-fi hip-hop to focus uh same oh my god that youtube channel so good so good so good it's the smooth jazz of our generation truly Truly. and it's grateful for it i need to get on it i have resisted its charms but this is a very good sales pit oh it's so good first thing in the morning with your cup of coffee some like little fuzzy piano oh we can start you off with the legend of zelda lo-fi gabriel yes <gasps> no bad ideas brought to you this week by <laughs> <Lo-fi hip-hop beats. laughs> yes now here's something that i'm always curious about with people but you know i think that for the three of us for me zach and sarah we often talk about in many ways, kind of like the hardest part of any creative project is going from like 0% to 5%, sort of that like starting. And really the hardest part of going from 0% to 5% is going from like 0% to like 1%. Yeah. Um, you know, like so many times I feel that like, even if the making of it is hard, kind of like once we sort of have made like the first little bit of something, it's usually like, okay, I am now confident that we are going to like make this. Like I am confident that this is going to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like what is the process for you? Like, or like, how have you found that process to be like, kind of like when you actually begin to sort of like make something, mm-hmm. what is the process of kind of like getting from like absolutely nothing to like the start of something like, Oh yeah. Uh, I think it depends on the medium. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that with music, uh <laughs> oftentimes the start of it like I kind of don't realize I'm at zero with music I will mm. say because very rarely I, I I feel like I I'm gratefully and I <laughs> at the point now with my like music practice that it just is kind of like I don't necessarily sit down with like goal with like a goal at the piano because also I think for me, music is so emotional and it's like more about like a catharsis and it's, it's sometimes I feel like it's like, this is a bit of a cop-out answer. So I'm like, but, like it, but so it feels like, <laughs> like with the music, it's, it's so rhizomatic. Like it can come from any entry point. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's lyrics, sometimes it's a melody, sometimes it's a chord progression. Sometimes it's a beat that I hear um, that I like put down in logic. And then, and then sometimes that zero to 5% is like connecting those other dots. So it's mm-hmm. like, I've had this, yeah. I mean, 
literally I, I'm working on a record right now. And, and, um, I am, I am actually like hoping to release some singles this summer. So that's like, but not, not a date specifically, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh no, you, you said it earlier. The yeah. March 10th, 13th. Yeah. 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 Um, the 36th like, you know, of December. Yeah, exactly. The 36th. But like, you know, there's songs on this record where I literally like wrote some of them in a day. And then this one song I was working on earlier today, I, it was the first song that I wrote after, um, after my breakup, it's a breakup album and it is the hardest song for me to finish. And it feels like I'm at, I'm kind of at like, I'm stuck, stuck in the middle of it. Um, Mm. and so, yeah. And so maybe for me, that's the kind of like (laughs) the zero to 5% is more of the, like, it's sometimes like the, the, 20 to like 80 percent that i get stuck uh-huh. where i'm like okay there's chords there's lyrics there's melody and i and i have no idea i don't know and it's like so sometimes i just like scrap everything uh wow. all of the arrangement and i start over um or i'll be like what is one thing about this that i'm like really excited about or that mm. i feel really strongly about and then i try to follow that like spark to see like where it where it can take me so for that song specifically i was like oh 60 vocal parts <laughs> vocal stacks <laughs> and then i was like oh it's an abba nod okay cool now i can listen to abba and be like all right great i'm gonna have this like ascending piano line and then like this weird right. moment here so um yeah kind of plugging into the thing that i'm most excited about and see if i can stop thinking about where i want it to be mm. and yeah. get excited about what is already there amazing that is so not even a little bit of a cop-out answer like, okay cool <laughs> thank you thank you for that affirmation <laughs> there are no cop-out answers on the show oh right no bad ideas no okay. bad idea absolutely Ugh, not love that love it great <laughs> all right ellen thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of your process um, we're definitely going to need to have you back once the um, 36th of uh, <laughs> arrives and your album comes out and we can then talk about it sort of like in its full glory. Oh, my God, um, I'd be so stoked. As Maybe. we also do some more No Bad Ideas. Um, in the meantime, though, if people want to listen to the work that you already have out, if they want to find you and follow you and get your amazing content, uh, what is the best place for that? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, my album every feeling i've ever felt is available on spotify apple music uh bandcamp all of those places um 36 questions the musical podcast is available anywhere podcasts exist um and i'm on the internet as it's ellen winter because it is (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with some more bad ideas. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was truly so, 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 so much fun. It's so good to see all of you, even if just via the computer screen and to hear your wonderfully juicy, not bad, actually very good <laughs> ideas and thoughts. Our absolute pleasure. This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our Idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rena Sarame, Jeffrey Felsher, and Dia. 
Today's episode features music by Stateshire and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen and share it with someone you love. 